You thought that you could have it all And life could be a ball But you fell and scabbed your knee Now you can be free Good morning. Welcome to the Recovering CEO, 8 a.m. as Bill sees a meeting. Uh, it is 8 a.m. Eastern time. So for any of you that are overseas or whatnot, this is Eastern time, like New York City time. Uh, I'm dialing in from Michigan. So I hope you all can join us. We are doing these recovery Twitter spaces every morning. Well, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern time. So please join in. Uh, you can share, you can listen, you can participate. Um, I am recording this, so just because I'd like to publish it as part of the Recovering CEO podcast, help others uh, get sober and learn about sobriety, learn about recovery, and kind of decide if they are an addict or an alcoholic, you know, if they have addiction. So a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know. So we'll begin this meeting uh, with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. All right. Good morning, everyone. Again, my name is Derek. Uh, my sobriety date is August 13th, 1996. I do work a variety of 12-step programs. So, you know, I have a sponsor. I sponsor people. Um... I'm in it, you know, I'm in it. And recovery is a big part of my life and helping others achieve sobriety is one of my goals. You know, I want others to get sober. Uh, if you're struggling from addiction, I want you to get sober. You know, if you're newly sober, I want to help you stay sober. It is not easy. Sobriety is not something to take for granted and it's certainly not easy. Uh, I've been following this group recovery posse on Twitter and really cool group. Nice people, and a lot of people are sharing experience, strength, and hope there. You know, they're sharing where they're at in their sobriety date, uh, which I think is very important. If you're newly sober, it's really important for people who have been around longer to understand where you're at. So share your sobriety date, share where you're at, share how you're doing, and then it gives others an opportunity to be of service. And the number one way to stay sober is to be of service, to help others. It uh, really kind of removes the self-centeredness from my life. And honestly, I was kind of drowning in addiction. You know, I've been sober 25 years, but character defects, addiction is still there. You know, it's still there. And it was coming at me in different ways. And, and I realized, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm addicted to lots of things. And, um, you know, recently I had a slip on sugar, right? That's kind of scary. You think sugar, what's the big deal? Well, for me, it is kind of a big deal. You know, because when I eat sugar, it triggers uh, craving and it triggers binging, similar to what uh, alcohol did. You know, so sugar is dangerous for me, you know, and I for like four days in a row, you know, and, I, and I'm not like crazy. I mean, it's not going to kill me right away, but it would kill me eventually, you know, because I get diabetes or something or just morbid obesity, you know, and I don't want that. 
you know, I've been heavy. I lost, you know, almost a hundred pounds um, just by changing the way I eat, changing my attitude about food, you know, and uh, just because I quit drugs and alcohol does not mean I'm cured. You know, it doesn't mean I'm out of the woods. You know, I maintain sobriety contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. It's a daily thing, one day at a time. And it's only my spiritual condition that'll keep me sober, you know. So if I'm really out of whack and honestly eating, um, and as others have said, you know, it's lust is the common denominator, lust, right? I never even thought of that word lust. Um, lusting for food, lusting for sugar, lusting for sex, lusting for things. You know, I want a new car. I want a motorhome. I want I want to go see uh, fish in New York City. I want to go travel to the Big Ten basketball tournament in Indianapolis. I want, I want, I want. You know, I have strong lust feelings. And why? Why? Because I'm an addict and I'm an alcoholic. And there's something about me that, you know, I don't know. Some people say I keep trying to fill that God-shaped hole um, with things, you know, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. You know, no matter how much food I eat, I can't, you know, I will fill up literally to where I can't eat anymore before that God-sized hole is filled up, you know? So, and I used to do it with drugs and alcohol. That was just, you know, it became age appropriate. You know, I think I started this when I was very young, right? When I was very young, um, I used addiction. I used things to change the way I felt, you know, to make me feel better. Food, uh, masturbation, pornography, you know, uh, maybe a little bit of stealing. I mean, I wasn't really a bad kid, but I did things to get in trouble. I would always throw things. I would get in trouble at school. I would like, you know, just do stupid shit. And it was a rush, you know, and it just kept chasing that high, you know, and, and it kept getting more and more. And, um, you know, and eventually when I got old enough, you know, when I was like 16, you know, Tried drinking a few times and boom, I was off to the races. You know, I remember my, my friend Brent and I, the first night we got drunk, we walked to a party in our neighborhood, in my neighborhood, and uh, there was a keg and we weren't really friends, good friends with all the people at the party, but it didn't matter. We just kind of stood by the keg and drank quite a few beers. And, you know, we walked home. That night, and I remember we, we stopped and kind of laid on the grass and looked up at the stars, and we were just so drunk, and it felt so good. You know, it felt so good. And we're like, oh, my God, this feels amazing. Spent the rest of my life chasing that feeling, you know, the perfect high, right? Just chasing it. Chase, chase, chase. And um, I could never really get it back again. You know, kind of like that feeling of that first love. You know, the first time you fall in love, and you're just kind of walking on air, and walking on clouds it's really tough to recapture that you know it really is um you know i love my wife i'm happily married i have two amazing daughters you know i have a good life um there's one of my favorite singers morrissey of the smiths and he he talks about this he says you know one of his lyrics he says even now at the end of my life here i go falling in love again <laughs> i could really relate to that because again i chased that high of falling in love and, and I chased it. And, and even, you know, when I'm married, I chase connection with others. You know, I try and get high off connection with others. You know, it's exciting. 
Um, and I realized that's not good for me. You know, it's not good for me to flirt. It's not good to, you know, be turned on by other women, things like that. Like, it's just not good, you know? And, and you could say it's natural. Sure, you know what? But I don't want to entertain it. I don't want to hang out there. I don't want to spend time there. You know, I want to spend time with my wife, you know, and I want to love my wife and be turned on by my wife, not anyone else, you know? So that's one thing I'd learn in addiction. You know, it's like uh, spending, gambling. You know, I know not to gamble. I learned that, although I still play fantasy football, which sucks my time, you know? And today I look at addiction as taking my time, right? So when I was active in my drinking and drugging, you know, and really I switched pretty quickly to marijuana because I wanted to be high all the time and I could not drink all the time because it kind of made me sick, you know? So luckily marijuana just did it for me, really worked for me and it didn't give me hangovers, you know? So I switched to marijuana and I would just spend my entire day is getting high. Um, and if I didn't have drugs, I'd spend my entire time trying to find drugs, trying to get money to get drugs, you know, trying to talk to people and get with people who had drugs. Um, you know, but these days, my addiction still sucks my time. You know, scrolling on Facebook and Instagram. That could take hours. Just goofing around on the internet. Searching for things I want to buy. Searching for things I lust, lust after. Searching for things that are going to give me kind of an endorphin hit. You know, like I want to see something um, that gives me an endorphin hit. You know, and, and sometimes it just comes out of the blue, right? And cocks you right in the chin. You just got to be careful. You know, because those things are progressively addictive. You know, sure, it feels good for a second. Oh, wow, this is kind of exciting. But it becomes progressively addictive. And as an addict, an alcoholic, my brain chemistry is such and my, I'm just my makeup where I want more and more and more, you know. One is never enough. And I don't know, what is that phrase? One is too many. And something is never enough. I don't know. A million is never enough. I mean, there's just, once I have one, I want more, 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 more. So I need to be really careful what the ones are in my life. You know, I need to be really careful what stimulus I put into my body, what stimulus I put into my brain, you know. Um, let's just read today's As Bill Sees It. I apologize. I've been kind of bullshitting for a few minutes here. I don't know if anyone's here. Probably not. Um, but uh, so here, we, I'm going to read the... Uh, it's number three, and as Bill sees it, because this is our third meeting doing as Bill sees it, it's called Pain and Progress. And here we go. Years ago, I used to commiserate with all people who suffered. Now I commiserate only with those who suffer in ignorance, who do not understand the purpose and ultimate utility of pain. Hmm. Let me read that again. Years ago, I used to commiserate with all people who suffered. Now I commiserate only with those who suffer in ignorance, who do not understand the purpose and ultimate utility of pain. Then it goes on to say, someone once, once remarked that pain is the touchstone of spiritual progress. How heartily we AAs can agree with him, for we know that the pains of alcoholism had to come before sobriety and emotional turmoil before serenity. And then the prayer, believe more deeply, hold your face up to the light, even though for the moment you do not see. Wow. And that is from a letter uh, from Bill Wilson from 1950 and also from the 12 and 12 
page 93 and 94. And uh, very, very interesting. You know, he says he used to commiserate with all who suffered. What does commiserate mean? You know, uh, let's just look that up real quick. I'm just going to Google this real quick. Commiserate. Definition. Let's just read this. Um, Okay. Express or feel sympathy or pity to sympathize. So he used to feel that and sympathize and, and express pity to everyone. But now he does it only to those who suffer in ignorance, who do not understand the purpose and ultimate utility of pain. There's a lot of people like that, right? But someone in recovery, like I'll speak for myself, you know, I have 25 years of sobriety, drugs and alcohol. I've experienced enough pain to realize that, as it says here, you know, pain is the touchstone of spiritual progress. So when I experience pain, sure, it sucks. You know, it sucks to get fired from a job. It sucks to get dumped by a significant other. It sucks to stub my toe. (laughs) You know, it sucks to whatever, break my arm, break my leg, get sick, get COVID, you know, all these things. But pain is this touchstone of spiritual progress, um, which means that if I experience pain, spiritual, spiritual growth is coming, you know, and uh, somebody said once that they said, you know, when I'm in a really bad situation, when I'm in a really bad spot and I am in pain and I'm suffering, I don't necessarily know what's going to come next. Right. But I know what the process is going to be, which means I experience pain, right? I deal with the repercussions, whatever that is. Um, But then I know that spiritual growth, change, and advancement is coming. Why? Because it's happened to me hundreds of times, thousands of times, you know, in my life. And that is how we grow, you know? So in some ways, I don't dread it. And, and I'm not afraid of it. You know, I'm not afraid of it because I know that when shit goes bad, good is coming. And um, that's just how it is. You know, it's just how it is. You know, I, I need to be careful because I think sometimes I'm, I'm addicted to the, I'm addicted to the struggle. I'm addicted to the repercussions of my actions. You know, I like to get in trouble. I like to be the bad boy. I like to do things that are going to get me in trouble. Um, I'm just addicted to that. I'm used to it. It's a pattern in my life, right? So, but I keep changing, you know, I keep evolving. I keep getting better, you know, and here I am at 49 years old. I'm certainly not perfect, but I have half my life still left to live, right? I could live another 50 years. Why not? Right. Why not? I think people are living longer. You know, I'm being healthier these days. I am uh, I'm not doing drugs and alcohol, and that was killing me quickly. I'm not smoking cigarettes anymore. That was killing me. I don't vape. You know, I, I make pretty good choices. I drink a lot of coffee. You know, I love Glennon Doyle. I listen to Glennon Doyle a lot. And she always talks about her happiest time of the day is in the morning with her coffee. I feel the same way. You know, I was up at uh, 4.30 this morning. You know, the dogs follow me downstairs. I make a pot of coffee. So I've been drinking coffee for a while this morning. Um, but I do love it. You know, that's what I'm the most productive is in the morning. I'm the most productive in the morning. And, um, so, you know, and then let's just talk about this prayer a little bit at the end of this reading. Okay. Now, as Bill sees it as a book of writings from Bill W. 
Bill Wilson, the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, the prayer here, he says, believe more deeply. Hold your face up to the light, even though for the moment you do not see. I love that. I love that. Hold your face up to the light, even though for the moment you do not see. I need to live in the light. I can no longer live in the darkness. And you know what I mean by living in darkness. Living a secret life. Hiding things. Avoiding people. Hiding my actions. Hiding how much I drank. How many drugs I used. Um, the bad things that I did. You know. I did illegal activities. Uh, I did things that I wasn't proud of. You know. If I do that. I'm in trouble. Right. Even as I'm sober today. Any action that I take that goes against my morals or my beliefs takes me back towards a drink. You will always return to your drug of choice, right? For me, marijuana, right? So I can't, I can't fuck around. I can't mess around with addictions. I can't mess around with gambling, right? Because if I gamble and whether I win or I lose, I'm in trouble because that's just going to trigger me. It's going to want more and more and more, you know, until I lose everything. Um, and eventually when I lose everything, I will go back to drinking and drugs. It's proven, you know? Um, so, I mean, I, this is serious. I need to live in the light. You know, I asked my friend, uh, Jim B, um, from Don farm. He's sober over 50 years, right? Jim Balmer. Great guy. I said, what's the number one reason that people can't get sober? You know, what, what's the biggest obstacle? And he says, pride you know, pride. He said, it's very difficult to live in the light. And I asked him also, I said, what is, um, how likely is it to get sober again if I relapse after having long-term sobriety, right? He said, it's very difficult. He said, it's very difficult to attain the humility required to get sober again after having long-term sobriety. And that's a scary freaking thought, right? I mean, I have 25 years. I know that my disease is outside doing push-ups in the negative 10 degree weather. My disease is outside doing push-ups. And if I pick up a drink today or a drug, it's not going to just be where I left off. It's going to be worse, you know, 25 years worse. Um, you know, and I, and I know, I know, because I've, I've experimented with it. You know, it's, it's interesting because my alcohol and drugs are very much in my rearview mirror. But I've experimented with sugar, right? What does sugar do to me? It makes me want to binge. It makes me want to eat more. I crave it. I lust after it. Very similar. Very similar, right? And um, resisting it is very difficult, you know, when I'm in my addiction like that. And that reminds me what it's like to be a newcomer. It reminds me, you know, and I hear these people in the recovery posse talking about being 10 days sober, 31 days sober. You know, it's the end of January. They made it through the month. That's freaking wonderful, right? Congrats. Um, it reminds me what it's like to feel that way. And I always tell newcomers, and if you're a newcomer, listen to this. Remember how you feel right now. Think about how you feel. Think about the raw emotions, the pain, the suffering you're feeling. Think about what it feels like, you know, the good and the bad, because you will never feel this way again. You can never go back here. It's never quite the same. So when you're a newcomer and you're dealing with incomprehensible demoralization and you've had enough and you've suffered enough 
and you say, you know what? Fuck this. I need to get sober. I am an alcoholic. I am a drug addict. I cannot live like this, right? I am a food addict. I am a porn addict. I am a sex addict. I am a gambling addict. I am a spending addict. I am in debt. I am struggling to survive. Life is very difficult. And it's because of my addictions and my behavior that I am living a shit life right now. And if I don't get sober, it's going to kill me. If I don't stop my behavior, my disease will kill me. When you get to that point and you put a flag in the ground and you say, today is the day, January 31st, 2022, today I'm going to get sober. Today I'm going to stop my behavior. I am going to choose abstinence. I am going to do my darn best to stop drinking. I am going to throw away all the drugs. I am going to commit to somebody. I'm going to tell somebody what I'm feeling. And I'm going to tell someone that today is my sobriety date. I'm going to call someone up who I care. And I'm going to say, you know what, man? Today is my sobriety date. I commit today. I am not going to do drugs. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to act out my addictive behavior, right? And then I'm going to call them back tomorrow and say, hey, for today, I commit to not drink, to not do drugs one day at a time. Some of you people I see are committing on Twitter. That's great. I think that's cool. You know, I love how some people, um, this cheeky Brit on Twitter, she talks about her pocket friends. I think that's hilarious. Pocket friends, right? You're the people I know from my phone that I keep in my pocket. I don't really know you. Um, maybe one of these days, some of you will join this uh, 8 a.m. Monday through Friday Eastern time as Bill sees it meeting on Twitter spaces. I mean, Twitter spaces is cool, right? I just start a meeting. You can listen. You can join. Uh, I am recording it to become part of the podcast. And you know what? It's it's fine if it's just me bullshitting. You know, my wife says, oh, my God, you can talk for 30 minutes. How can you sustain that? Because I have a lot to say. You know, my one friend, um, you know, I go to a lot of fish shows, right? Fish, Grateful Dead. I don't know if you ever heard of P-H-I-S-H. Um, there's a new band I've been listening to called Goose. Very good band. You know, and honestly, for me, I gravitate. I like a lot of jam bands. You know, I like classic rock. I like hard rock. Um, I really like rap and hip hop a lot, a lot. You know, Kanye West, Tyler, Jaden, Drake. Um, you know, I like I like all that, man. I, uh, Mac Miller. You know, so I like I like hip hop. I like I like alternative. You know, I used to. When I grew up, I was kind of a squid, you know, listed a lot of alternative, The Cure, The Smiths, Depeche Mode, U2, um, you know, all the alternative bands. Van, Van Halen was my favorite band when I was a kid. You know, one of my first albums was Van Halen, Diver Down. Um, freaking wonderful, you know. Uh, and then when Van Halen, you know, 1984 was really influential. I was about 12 years old, very influential for me. That was right when MTV was coming out. Freaking loved MTV. Watched it all day, every day. Um, used to watch USA Up All Night a lot. 120 minutes on MTV, you know, and it was wonderful, man. Those were good years. You know, I miss music videos. Uh, these days we have YouTube, you know, but these days it's 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 more audio. I don't get as many videos these days. Um, it's just the way it is, you know. 
today of Apple Music. And fuck Spotify, right? Fuck Spotify. Unsubscribe from that shit. I don't pay for them, so I don't really care. Um, my podcast does go on Spotify, but I feel like I'm not big enough to pull it, right? I need I need listeners. So listen to this freaking podcast, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Music, um, doesn't matter. Apple Podcasts. Um, so anyways, music, music, what's my point? Where was I going with this? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, at the fish shows, right? So I took my last drink at a fish show, August 13th, 1996. Noblesville, Indiana, Deer Creek, right? Great freaking show. Great fish show. Fish actually put out a live CD uh, from this show, August 13th, 1996. You can listen to it. It's wonderful. That was my last drink, you know? So at fish shows these days, they have what's called a fellowship meeting right? PH fellowship. And it's at set break, you know, it's at the midway point, like halftime, whatever set break. And everybody meets up and uh, they have like a candy bowl there with candy and they have stickers that say like hugs, not drugs and one show at a time. And uh, another dopeless hope fiend, you know, like stickers like that. They're kind of fun. And they pass around a yellow balloon and it's nice. And whoever has the yellow balloon can share. And I always love sharing because I took my last drink at a fish show 25 years ago. And a lot of these people, it's their first fish show drunk. You know, I, I got some friends, Maiko, um, my friend, Lauren Hoffman. You know, there's a lot of my friends that are pretty regulars at the fish shows and they have long sobriety, uh, which is great. I love these people. Like they're my people, you know, gives me strength and hope to see them after all these years. But I love sharing, man, you know, and uh, it's wonderful. You know, and even like last summer, there's also Warfrat meetings at the Dead shows. You know, the Grateful Dead is still going on. John Mayer's playing guitar for Jerry. So at the Dead shows, there's Warfrat meetings. And there was like three generations. So there was like a grandpa who was the original Deadhead. And then his kids were there. And then his grandkids were there. They were all there. And they were all at the Warfrat meeting. And it was freaking beautiful. You know, and I was able to talk about it how I had 24 years and just share my experience, strength, and hope. And that's part of my goal is to help break the cycle, you know, so that my kids don't have to live in addiction. So my kids don't have to suffer. You know, my kids never saw me drink. Um, and I'm hoping that they never become alcoholics and drug addicts like I was, you know. I've told them all about my addiction. You know, if they listen to this podcast, they're going to learn more. Um, their dad's an addict, you know. And honestly, I'm not going to be ashamed of that. Because I quit drugs and alcohol a long time ago. And for the last 25 plus years, I've been working on becoming a better person, becoming a better father, becoming a better husband. You know, this recovering CEO, I'm trying to uh, reach out to people in business and really help people in business. Why? Just because I feel like that's a really good angle. You know, in some ways, I want this to become more of something where I can help companies and help them help their employees and really develop some best practices that companies can use with employees and that, you know, employees can use with companies, you know, and just kind of raise everyone's awareness, you know, because too often people suffer from addiction. They suffer from depression, all these different mental illnesses. And um, a lot of times people never talk about addiction. You know, they never talk about it until they get caught, but it's often the root cause of their depression and their struggles in work. Right. 
So I'm trying to raise awareness of that. So if you're struggling at work, if you're struggling to hold your job, you know, if you're struggling with porn addiction, maybe you just did something stupid and got in big trouble. Maybe you just got fired from a job that's really valuable. Maybe you're the primary breadwinner of your family and you just lost your job because of something you did, drinking, drugs, something stupid, you broke some rules. Basically, your addiction caused you to lose things. You know, if your wife is mad at you, if your kids won't talk to you, maybe you got a problem. You know, maybe you got a problem. Maybe it's time to get help. Maybe it's time to surrender and say, you know what? I surrender to this. I don't want to live like this anymore. I need help. Please, someone help me. Help me to get sober. Help me to understand my addiction. Help me to understand what it means to be an alcoholic or a sexaholic or a drug addict, things that I never really thought of, you know? Do I have a disease? Is there hope for me? Can I regain my family's respect? Can I regain a good job and standing in the community? The answer is freaking yes. Yes. Do you know how many people have gotten sober and turned their life around? It is one of the greatest things that can happen to you, you know? I mean, if you think about the diseases you could get, right? You could get cancer, you could have a fucking heart attack, you could get Alzheimer's, or you could get alcoholism, you know? And which one would you rather have? There's really not a cure for cancer, or a heart attack, or Alzheimer's, but alcoholism, there may not be a cure, but you can make it go away. It can go into remission forever, right? Contingent on the daily maintenance of your spiritual condition. You can achieve sobriety and you can turn your life around. You could save your life by getting sober. So I ask you today, choose sobriety. Choose to save your life. Make the right choice. Listen to this freaking podcast, for God's sakes. The Recovering CEO Podcast. We're trying to post daily episodes Monday through Friday. Please help us. Please show up at this meeting. If you have something to share, we do a Twitter Spaces every morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday, okay? Join our Twitter space, share about your addiction, share your experience, strength, and hope, and help somebody else achieve sobriety. All right, we're going to close this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change Courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. Have a good day, everyone. Stay safe and stay sober. You thought that you could have it all, and life could be a ball. But you fell and scabbed your knee.